0: So because of the things we've gone through in the years just in the past and whatever's gone on in your life, we've been saying this. I believe this is what God wants uh, for us to do as a people, and that is begin to develop. Certainly get into the Word every single day. We'll probably talk about that a little bit more as we go. But every single day and begin to once again, uh, if you haven't already, develop a, a, a good confession. What's coming out of your mouth? Well, that got quiet. A lot of amens on Jubilee and restoration. Having a good confession is how you get that. Having a good confession. And so, uh, I just want to remind you that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And, And speaking it out of your own mouth. What Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. You say, well, some of this stuff's not of the abundance of my heart. Well, you let things in your heart and it comes out. And so we're bombarded every single day. Why is speaking so important? Well, even the enemy, even the world understands how important speaking what you want to believe and what you want people to believe is. If you just turn on the news, I really don't want to suggest that you do this uh, because your day might be ruined. But... Uh, On the other hand, probably most of you do this and it really messes up your day. And that is if you turn on the news in the morning before you go to work and listen to what they're saying and then turn on the news at noon and listen to what they're saying and then turn on the news at four o'clock and listen to what they're saying, they're saying the same thing. Unless some breaking news has taken place, they're saying the same thing. Why? Because they already know the principle. If they say it enough and you hear it enough, you'll believe it. And so many people are believing a lie simply because they say it. It's time for us as the church to start saying the truth. Saying the truth about us. Not the facts of what the circumstance says, but the truth of what God has said about it. You want to see some miracle working power? You start to speak to the facts in the word of God and God through the word and the power of the Holy Spirit will begin to change circumstances and facts with the truth of his word. And it begins to become a habit because we begin to store in our hearts the Word of God and then out of the abundance of our heart, the mouth speaks. So if we have to try to do that, again, some people say, well, that's just hard for me to do, but the effort's worth it. And if it's difficult for us to do, then we've allowed the wrong things to come into our hearts. So if you were thinking just when I was saying that, man, having a positive confession these days is really a hard thing. Not if your heart is full of the truth and positive things. Right? And so we're just trying to give some instruction because, you know, not, not saying, well, you're a bad person because that comes out, but, but Jesus gave us some keys as we look into the word. He says, if what's coming out of your mouth is not what you want to have in life, if what's coming out of your mouth is not what God has said about redemption in your life, then there's something else in your heart. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if we start putting the word of God in, meditating in abundance, in abundance. So in other words, what does that mean? That means if you listen to the news morning, noon, and night, you're putting the daily news in, in abundance. So that's what will come out. But if we're meditating on the word in some fashion, morning, noon, and night, then that's what will come out. So, what we put in in abundance will come out in abundance. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. And it will be very critical in 2023 to face situations and out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks the word of God to situations that will come. Speaks to a lie that the enemy says to you about your life. Praise the Lord. And the word of God is so powerful. It's alive. It's not just you saying something, but when you say it because it's in your heart by faith, it is alive. It is powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides asunder and pierces between past the soul into the spirit of man. And that word piercing into your spirit, man, is health and its strength and its life. And it divides asunder between what you think about and imagine and what God has said about your future and your life. It even brings health and strength to the marrow of our bones. There's something supernatural about this word that it's not just to sit on a nightstand and radiate that you're a Christian. It's something to be read and drawn off the page and dropped down into your heart. Heart for a brand new kind of life and a brand new quality of life that God has given you through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's not to be ignored like some simple saying, but embraced with faith that it might be productive in all that it does. And it's time for a generation of people to rise up and boldly declare that God's word is true concerning my health in my body, concerning my finances, concerning my children, concerning my marriage. Whatever it is that the enemy has attacked, the word of God is there and powerful and available to turn things around. There is breakthrough for the church in this hour, but the church must believe God. The church must declare what God has said about this generation. And it's not doom and gloom, it's rising up. He's coming for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. So we're not looking at the church as she might be and declaring, man, there's trouble. But we are saying what God said, a glorious church. So, well, I know there's some problems. Well, we can keep saying that and have problems. Or we can begin to declare what Jesus has said about his own body, his church, his bride, which is glorious. Come on, that's you, that's me. We're not walking into this year wondering what's going to happen. We're moving into this year declaring what will be. Because God said it, and if he said it, he'll do it. If he promised it, he'll perform it. We're not lacking. We're not drawing back. We're not becoming weak in faith. But we're strengthening our faith by glorifying God and declaring that he will perform that which he promised. Come on. You're anointed for that very reason. Don't walk out of this place just saying, I don't know if I can do it. He's bestowed upon us his spirit and his anointing to strengthen you, to do it, to lay hands on the sick. My Lord, come on now. Come on now, there's miracles in these hands. Right here, there's miracles in these hands in the name of Jesus. When you stretch out his hand in your hand, signs and wonders are wrought in Jesus' name. Come on, the church is to be rising and active. It's not a time to draw back but a time to press in, to see souls saved into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, well, we better get into the word here. (laughs) Hallelujah, we have authority. We have authority in the name of Jesus. And we're moving. We're moving. We're moving from faith to faith. We shouldn't be stagnant. We're moving from faith to faith. Romans chapter one and verse 16, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, he came up in a day where the gospel was not popular. In fact, it was not even well known. But he preached the gospel. He said, I'm not ashamed of it. Other people are despising it, putting it down. But I'm not ashamed of it. Because in this gospel, in these words of what Jesus Christ has done, what God has done in loving us so much that he sent Jesus to die for us, in those words is the power of God unto salvation. Saved, healed, delivered, set free, made whole, and prospered. Not just for the Jew, but for the Greek, for every single person. That in that revelation, in that speaking of the word of God, the rightness, the righteousness, the relationship that God desires to have with man on his standard, on his his place of being, is revealed from faith to faith. The righteousness is embraced by faith. And then we live and trust God to walk in that righteousness by faith. We're going from one faith to another. Second Corinthians 3, chapter 18, 17 and 18. Where the Spirit of God is Lord, there's liberty. And we behold is in a mirror the glory of God. Come on, when we read the Bible, you're looking to say, God, show me your glory. What you've bestowed upon me. He says, when we look as into a mirror and we see the glory of God, then we know when he's Lord, we're being changed into the same image. Yes. Amen. Change. Somebody say change. change. Come on, we're moving into 2023 and it's not going to be the same. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, God's declared this time next year. Yeah, that's right. yeah. So if it was this time in June, then still this time next year. Things are going to be different, but not if we don't respond differently. You can't do the same thing and have different th- something different. That becomes insanity. But we have to see, listen, this, this book, this, is, this word that's alive, it's able to change things. When I see what God sees, when I hear what God is saying, I don't want to be the same. Come on, some Christians, when they think about selling out to God, I don't know if I want to be the same. You don't want to be the same. Take it from me, you don't want to be. Well, my life's pretty good right now. You have not yet seen what God wants to do in you and through you. Come on, he wants to take you, if you've experienced any of the glory of God, he wants to take you from one degree of glory to the next degree of glory by the Spirit of God, not by our own works, not by our effort, but allowing the Spirit of God to reveal the glory of God as we step into our place. And he's given us the authority to do that. As we say all that, it's you know, sometimes people get in their mind, woo, let it happen, God. Well, he already set it in motion, but there is an adversary, there is an enemy that will try to convince you that it's not true. That's why the authority of his word, that when he comes and lies to us, we apply the word of God. We speak the truth to the lie. Amen. Amen. Come on. Come on. We expose the lie, and the first person we need to expose the lie to is our own heart, because sometimes we're more convinced about the lie than anybody else is. I mean, just talk to people and tell them what God's been telling you about you or, or the devil's been telling you about you. Well, I'll never make it. I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not knowledgeable enough. If you're with somebody who's a friend, they'll go, sure, you're good enough. And they'll point all, out all your good traits. That's true. Well, that's what the Holy Spirit does. We like it. We get around people, well, you know, I'm just not. But we shouldn't be in that place of just getting around people so that they'll say, oh, no, you're good enough. You're good enough. Oh, come on, you're good enough. Thank God when we have to do that, we should edify one another. But we should know by the power of God what he's done for us that when the enemy says you're not good enough, you say, shut up, you liar. God has done for me in Christ Jesus something you cannot do. Come on, Paul said that. Who is it that brings a charge against God's elect? What's the enemy doing bring a charge against you? You're not good enough. You'll never make it. You don't know enough. Jesus justified you. The devil hadn't done nothing for you. Never has, never will. He just come to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus justified you. He forgave you. He made you righteous. Righteous. And so we need to speak that word and understand that it has authority. Well, I don't know if it'll work. See, if you don't know if it'll work, then you won't approach it with the proper boldness. But as you meditate on it, day and night and night and day, all of a sudden, one day, there'll be something rise up on the inside of you because it'll be down in your heart and the enemy will tell you that once again and you'll say, not now, not here, not at my house. You're not talking to me like that right here at my house. Amen. For I am the temple of the spirit of the living God. God lives in me. You have no right to this body. You have no right to this mind. I've closed you off. No more access. Amen. Just stop it. And you know what? When you do that with boldness, he has to stop it. Well, I've tried that. He didn't stop. Did you stop? I tried telling him to leave. He didn't stop. He kept coming. So did you stop? That's all his test is, is. I give him a little pressure. They'll stop. But if you don't stop you believe God, then he has to flee. When you resist him with all that's in you in the name of Jesus, then he has to flee. Come Come on. So we lay hold of eternal life. We lay hold of eternal life. Come on, we're gonna have to reach out and grab a hold of some things pertaining to eternal life going into the days to come. People around you are looking to see what eternal life looks like, and we're going to grab hold of eternal life, aren't we? We're going to grab a hold. We're going to get a hold of what's gotten a hold of us. Hallelujah. (laughs) Might be bouncing off of that platform or that podium. All right, praise the Lord. Turn over to, uh, I'm all, uh, you're just going to have to go with me, Caleb. (laughs) All right, let's just go over to Mark chapter 16. We'll, we'll jump in right here. We know, we talked about last week, Jesus has the name that is above every name. Amen. That name of Jesus, he purchased everything by his actions. Glory to God, what he did on the cross, and because he obeyed God, because he died, he was buried, he raised from the dead, God highly exalted him, gave him a name that is above every name, that at his name, every knee in heaven and in earth and below the earth must bow, and every tongue confess that he is master to the glory of God the Father. He is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so as we understand the use of the name of Jesus and the power that's in the name of Jesus and the word of God, the word of God, as we've said, the word of God is really to enlighten us as to what God's will is for us, right? So the New Testament is where we want to really start our journey in reading the word of God. Lots of people start in the Old Testament, but we are New Testament believers, and so we start in the New Testament so we can see that what God has done for us in Christ Jesus has given us a brand new life, give us a new quality of life, and a commission, a commission to spread the gospel in word and in deed. Right? By signs and wonders and by the word of God. How do we do that? Well, by by not just word, but in action. In other words, we become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Sin no longer is a part of our nature. The power of sin has been broken. We've been washed. We've been cleansed. Once we determine that we are going to do the will of God, we are going to live differently. We are going to live according to his word, empowered by the spirit of God. Jesus said, really, if you love me, you you, you fall in love with me, you'll see that my way of doing life or my commands are really the way of life. And when you say yes, because you love me, I'm going to send you the helper, And it's going to be such an intimate relationship with the helper that he's not going to be out here with you, but he's going to be in you. Such a close, intimate relationship. And see, part of that, uh, again, I don't know why I can't get locked in here, Uh, but anyway, uh, he's going to be so in you. And what we fail to realize many times is the covenant that we have made through Jesus Christ, that he is master of our life. That when he said that covenant is going to be a higher and a better covenant, then God's not dwelling in a temple somewhere uh, uh, where, where only the priest can go in. And he's not going to dwell with us, but he's going to be in us. Which means that he goes wherever we go. He will never, ever leave you. He will never, ever forsake you. And so many times when we run into trouble, we say, where was God when all of that was happening? So we immediately reveal our understanding. We think, where was God? So in tragedy, sometimes we're like, where was God? But then that must mean we don't know where God is every day. We don't know where God is in the mundane things of life but he's in us every single day. He will never ever leave us. He'll never forsake us. Wherever you go, whether you should go there or not, he's there. If we were aware of that, we wouldn't take the Holy Spirit. Some places we take him. We wouldn't engage him in some conversations that we engage him in. Just if we were aware, it doesn't make you all of a sudden become super religious. It just makes you aware God's with me. There are certain things we wouldn't do if just some people are with us. Well, if so-and-so is with me, I wouldn't do that. Well, dear Lord, the Holy Spirit's with you and with me. But I'm telling you, if we get this awareness moving into the days to come that he's with us, One, it'll start to change how we see the will of God daily. And then when we begin to realize and allow him to bear witness that Jesus, when we made him Lord, we didn't just say, save my life and get me to heaven. We said, I want you to be the master of my day-to-day life. I want you to be the master of my day-to-day life. Now, if he's the master of our day-to-day life, then this word becomes very important. What what has he told me to do? He's the master, right? And so when we prayed that prayer, so many times, again, we didn't know that. We just thought, wow, I'm praying this prayer so I can go to heaven. No, you prayed this prayer because sin had a hold of your life and was destroying things in your life. And Jesus came to break that hold to release you from that hold. Not partially, but totally release you from that hold. So that you no longer be a slave of sin, but you become a slave of the righteousness of God. In other words, that's what grabs a hold of you. That's what guides you. Jesus is the master of all of that. Not kind of, sort of, but totally. So we made him the Lord of our life. And he says, now if you'll understand that, if you'll Get your soul saved to the Word of God, the importance of that authority of the Word of God. Get that in, and every day we begin to see how the Word of God comes to play, because this pertains to everything in our life. Everything in our life is in here. Marriage, business, raising your children, how to think, what's going to happen when your emotions go off track, it's all in here. We compartmentalize it as something way back then when people were wearing robes and sandals and all that stuff. But no, it's alive today for instruction in righteousness and righteousness is where we live. But he said you have to be careful understanding that if you don't get this, you can give yourself over to sin and it will still control you even if you're born again if you give it over to sin. But if you give it over to him, righteousness, that righteousness, that right standing, that quality of life, of relationship with God will actually guide every step and bring a command for every step of our life through the Holy Spirit. And so when we do that, We step into that place of Jesus being the Lord of our everyday life, and He's guiding our steps wherever we are. We're aware of that. Then He said, There's some things that we're going to encounter in day to day life. Then we understand what the truth of the Word of God is, and we need to apply that and implement that with resistance. Then we have the name of Jesus. And all heaven stands at attention at that name. All hell stands back at that name. When it's spoken through the mouth, from the heart of a believer, not just, well, I've made Jesus the Lord of my life, so I believe that, but I'm a believer in the word that I am about to apply against the lie. And the lie is resisting that. So I'm going to take that word that I believe is the truth and what should be about my life or the health that should be in your life or the deliverance that should be in your life. And I'm going to take what God said is true and I'm going to take the anointing on my life and I'm going to bring down the name of Jesus. Because he accomplished what needs to be done, what needs to be changed. He already did it. He already accomplished it. He's already done the work. And he said, I've already done this. For you to execute it, for you to implement it, when there's resistance, you just use my name. Not frivolously. Not thinking I'm just getting people to heaven. But as the master... You use my name. Come on. Are you getting this? Because he's going to create some change for us. Because if he's going to be the master over the sickness of something when I reach out my hand, then he's also got to be the master over my feelings when I get off track. But when he's the master over my feelings when I get off track, oh, is he going to be the master? That's true. Come on, 2023 is going to be a year of jubilee. Amen. Restoration of all things. Because we're going to put our foot down and say, This is what the Bible says. And this is the way it's been. And this is what the enemy's done. But this is what Jesus has done in the face of what the enemy has done. And so I'm taking a stand right now. Yes. Amen. Miracles must happen Amen. in the name of Jesus. Turnaround and breakthrough must happen. But it's going to take a boldness of the people of God. To know that there's a master, not just when we get to heaven, but there's a master of our life right now and right here. And his name is Jesus. Mark the 16th chapter. Whew. All right. All right. Mark the 16th chapter, the 15th verse. Jesus, most important things he's saying, he said it in Matthew in one way. Matthew recorded it. Mark recorded it another way. Luke in the book of Acts chapter 1 recorded it in a little bit different way. You put them all together, and they say the same thing, and wow. Wow. He said to them, go into all the world and preach. Just a minute. I'm in the Passion Translation, so I'll stumble through that because I haven't memorized that. It'll mess me up. I know I should have every translation memorized. <laughs> I'll work on it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hebrews 11, I have five of them translated. Not, not the whole chapter, just verse one. So I have a long ways to go. Um, verse 15, he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs, somebody say signs, these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. We'll just add this, it goes along with all that, but just for emphasis. In my name, they will speak with new tongues. In my name, they will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. In my name, they'll lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven, sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. He said, when we go out and speak the word of God, the Lord by the Holy Spirit goes with you. Yeah. Now listen, if we're not going to share the word of God, the truth of God with anybody, there's no reason really for him to confirm anything. Right. Right. But as he's with us, he's ready to confirm the word. Well, what, what if? Amen. See again, what if? what if? What if I share that and what if nothing happens? Well, if we know, if we come to that confidence, this word is true, and he is with me to do exactly that. He's with me to confirm the word. If I think, what if I do something and God doesn't back it, where will God be? But if I realize I am a container of the Holy Spirit of God, and what I'm about to share or say is the truth of what Jesus has done for you. And he's the master. Now, I'm not worrying about what if it doesn't happen because I know in whom I have believed. I'm persuaded that he's able to keep all that that I've committed unto him until that day. I've committed my life so I know that he's able to guard my life and situations of my life as I serve him. So this name of Jesus was power given to us. The word of God is power given to us to do his will on the earth. Not to do our will, but to do his will on the earth. Amen. And so Jesus said this. Turn over to John the 14th chapter. John the 14th chapter. Praise the Lord. <laughs> John the 14th chapter. Verse 12, there's so much around this, but we'll jump here in here at verse 12. He says, most assuredly, I say to you that he who believes in me, the works that I do will, he do will he do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now, because of the way this word works, and and there's two places and they're different. We'll get into it maybe in a moment or next week, probably in a moment. Um, uh, (laughs) In John 16, he's talking about praying in the name of Jesus. But right here, he's not. He's talking about executing the very works of Jesus so he says, when he says this, this word ask, you can go into it, it'll look, it'll talk about to beg, to ask, but it'll also uh, go into require. And then if you dig a lot deeper, this word ask will be demand. Now people have gotten really, oh, such false teaching. We never demand of God. No, right in this particular place, he's not talking about demanding something of God. He's saying, Go out and do my works. And what you demand according to my word in my name, I will do it so the Father will be glorified. So that the Father will be glorified. So here he's talking about you doing the will of God in his name. In his name. Right? Isn't that the context that he's talking about? So turn over to John chapter 15 and verse 1. John chapter 15 and verse 1. Praise the Lord. I want to stir you just a little bit today. I want to stir you in a way that you remember some of this. Certainly we can forget, not keep in the forefront of our thinking. Many times there's situations of life that come in. But I believe that we're stepping into something that, that's more important than we've seen in recent times. More important than we've seen of how we view life day to day. So, you know, uh, this statement has stuck with me. Uh, um, Addison said it, I, I think it's in his book, The Saints, but he said it. Um, again, can you give me that exact quote? Anyway, he said the mundane, the mundane things of life are not unimportant to the saints. She sent it to me last time. But that's the, that's the essence of it. The mundane is not important to the saints. In other words, we realize that what we do day to day can make a difference in eternity. And so as we begin to observe day to day, be sensitive day to day, they used to say, put our spiritual antennas up day to day, not become dull in our hearing or our thinking that now we're going to be a little bit more sensitive to what's going on around us and know how and what to say in given situations that then we might speak the word of God and stretch forth his hands that signs and wonders might be wrought where we live. Here, you you just say it. Uh, Say (laughs) Okay. Okay. Speak louder. Speak louder. Okay. You seem distracted. I know. (laughs) Okay. Saints refuse to believe that the mundane or every day is meaningless meaningless there you go is meaningless now i'm distracted Uh, praise the lord but see the enemies lulled us to sleep into thinking this is just day to day if we could have an event and thank god for events thank god for conferences thank god for building up Thank God for the weekly gathering together. But we're gathering together. We go to the event so that we know we're not just going from event to event, but between event to event, we've been built up, we've been equipped to do things in the will of God for the kingdom of God. So, John, the 15th chapter, the first verse, he says, I am the vine. That, that abide means take up residence. It doesn't mean visit once a week. Abide in me. Now again, we come together, so don't anybody take that offensive. I'm just saying, if the only time that you have him, that, that's that's kind of visiting. But what we do is we come out and we meditate on these things. We, we, we abide with him every day because it's powerful. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself... Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. In other words, we're not ordained. God never wanted us to live on our own, to do this all on our own. But empowered with his grace and by his spirit. Praise the Lord. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and withered. They gather them together, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you'll be my disciples." So what does Jesus said? He said, this word is so powerful that when you get this word down on the inside of you, when I get this word down on the inside of me, we begin to see life in a different perspective according to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, according to the righteousness that we now possess in him. Now our desires are according to the word. Our desire is to do his will. Why? Because it abides in us. That's why it's so important to get the word in us. That's why he told Joshua, meditate on it day and night. And this word in you will make your way prosperous. It will cause your way to be successful. Why? Because this is the word that I've determined. This is the way that I have already paved out. This is the way that by the blood of Jesus I've purchased everything that you need that pertains to life and godliness. By this I've broken the power of sin that would hold you back and I've cleansed you from all the guilt and shame that it brought into your life and now not only are you washed clean and the power is broken over you but you have a new power that comes from me. And you have a new direction that comes from my word. And when it abides in you, your desires, so a lot of people, you know, they get a little bit upset, you know, at Mark 11, 23, 24, you will, uh, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Well, whatever you desire, but you have to understand God's perspective of this, Jesus' perspective, he's talking to people who've been born again, that every thought that he has because of his faith is that we've received him. We've received his word and it abides in us. So our desires are in line with his word. So when our desires are in line with his word, we can ask whatever we desire. We can even put a demand upon what his word has said And he'll do it because God starts to receive glory. God doesn't receive a lot of glory out of defeat and and murmuring and complaining and, and all kinds of stuff. But when change takes place and glory and the power and the splendor of God is revealed in our life, God is glorified, God is magnified. And when God is glorified and God is magnified, the atmosphere changes. And when the atmosphere changes... Things, things, stings. Things start moving. Things start shaking. Yeah. Things start changing. Breakthrough starts to happen. Oh. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. And so Paul said this about our prayer life. He said, or John said this about our prayer life. He said, if we ask anything according to His will, that we have a confidence we know that He has heard us, and if we know that He has heard us we know that we have the petitions that we ask of him. There's a connecting here of the authority of his word down in our hearts, revealing his will for our life. Not us saying, God, I got some good ideas of what I can do for you, and I'm sure that if you bless that, you and I will both be happy. But to say, God, I'm getting full of what you desire for me, what you've done for the blood of Jesus, how you desire for me to move out into life and affect lives. And so I'm ready to do your will. And he says, I'll be with you wherever you go. I will back you. And when you come in contradiction of my word and my will, I've given you my name to stand against that. And so the centurion, we ended with this last week. But again, I want to read it again. The centurion in Matthew chapter 5, he came and he said, my servant is, is sick. And the immediate response of Jesus was not, hmm, you're not a Jew. Um, we have issues. Jesus was always pretty fun to watch. Syrophoenician woman came to him and he's like, Yeah, you're not a Jew. Why he did that, I don't know. But, man, it drew something out of her to say, man, I don't, you're the master. I'll eat crumbs. And Jesus went, that's some great faith. He was always pulling the best out. But on this particular gentleman, he said, my servant is sick. And he said, well, I'll come. I'll come heal him. And the centurion said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You don't need to come to my house. Because see, I'm a man under authority. And I have those who are under my command. So you just speak the word and my servant will be made whole. And Jesus went, wow. Wow. He looked at his disciples. Someday we get to talk to them. We may not get to hash any of this out. I don't know. But to say, could, could we run a reel? I want to see the expression on your faith face. Here's a centurion, not even a Jew. These guys have been walking with him. And he turns to them and he says, this man has faith that I haven't even seen in you guys. All because he said, I get authority. I get authority. If we get it, watch out. When the enemy's laid his hands on your kids and you understand this, you don't have to tell them everything to do. You just need to start speaking the word over them in the name of Jesus and things will start to change. Amen. Woo! You don't need to coddle everything or figure things out. You start speaking the word of God into your marriage in the name of Jesus. See, we think we got all. We got to fix everything. Uh, uh, We need somebody to come and fix everything. But there's something about the Word of God and the name of Jesus spoken when we understand the authority of that name and what it represents and why we speak that name. And so, for the centurion, it is this. If I can find it, praise the Lord. I read this last week, but it bears repeating if you weren't here. It says the centurion's role in the Roman army set him with the ranks of a chain of command. He was a man under the authority of others, and he also was responsible to give direction to those under his authority. So we're under the authority of Jesus. He gives us direction. We give direction to others. In my role, I give direction to others. In your role, you have family that you're responsible for. You have people out there where you work that that God wants you to convey something. So it's coming. It's not just you alone. You're bringing something that has been spoken down from heaven into your life. And the things that have been spoken from the Word of God that are imparted into your life, into your heart... We have a responsibility then to speak those into somebody else's life that they might have a chance. But in that speaking of that word and that command, it, it really says this, that we, in that command that we have, it says, if the centurion was given a command, he commanded those under him to carry it out. With that command came the power and the resources to complete the task. As everyone fulfilled their responsibilities, they would accomplish the goals of of the emperor. So we're not Romans under the emperor of Rome. We are Christians under the authority of the living God and his son Jesus Christ. That he's given us a commission and he's given us commands. And he said when we love him and embrace him, it'll be a natural outsource of that love to do his commands. But when we do his commands and we love others and we forgive them and we bring the gospel of Jesus Christ and this deliverance and the salvation in that news, he said you also have been given the authority to execute that command in my name so that, that my will will be accomplished and not the emperor, but God will be glorified. Amen. And when we're doing his will to his glory, he says he sets in a confidence of authority that the enemy cannot stand against. Amen. Why you stand up in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Woo. Father, we thank you, we praise you, we magnify you. This day, for the word of God, for the name of Jesus, we thank you for the blood. That you are preparing us this day for things of tomorrow and the next day, but also into eternity. That you are preparing us today for the weeks to come, and as we see it turning into a year, a new year. With its own challenges, with its own blessings with its own victories. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. That we might see what you're doing. That we might rise up and be the people that you've called us to be. That we wouldn't sit down and settle for something less than the best. We wouldn't take this word today and say, well, that was a good message or a bad message. But we would embrace it into our hearts so that we might live it. Help each one, Holy Spirit, to process what you're saying in their life right now. That it will further equip them through revelation concerning their life. Of being equipped to minister to those around them. Of being strengthened to overcome the strategies of the enemy. That they will see themselves as more than conquerors, not those who have been defeated by something of the past, but more than conquerors. That no matter what comes in the future, you give us an attitude that we thank you that you always cause us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Thank you for a bold humility. That as we humble ourselves under Your mighty hand, you raise us up to boldly declare your word, to release your power, that we would see lives changed, souls saved into the kingdom of God, people delivered from bondages, hearts restored to wholeness, that we would declare that Jesus has brought jubilee, restoration of what the enemy has stolen, And give us boldness to speak those things out into our own life. We'd be bold to speak against the strategies of the enemy. God, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. We give you thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's just say this. We go, what God did in Christ Jesus Jesus far exceeds exceeds. any damage done to me by Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. Make it a great day.